Yo, yo, my goodness, we got a great ass show for you today. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to be talking about rugby recaps. We're looking back at pool play, taking a look at the scores and what I thought was going to happen versus what did happen. Of course, we're going to be checking out a little bit of news on the women's WXV. I'm so sorry. And talk a little bit more. We talked last week. We're going to talk more about it because it starts this week. Some HBCU rugby classic news. And of course, Yo, we're going to talk some quarterfinals. It's about the predictions, it's about what's going to happen, and about getting you in touch with the news. This is the Rugby Swag Show. And first, let's get this intro kicked off. I think the minute I stepped on our practice field for rugby, the calling happened. An eight-year plan to be on the team. And I was in it within two years. Don't wait until you are a pro to be a pro. Right. And I walk around with a rugby ball sometimes, and they're like, what is this child on? I mean, it looks like it was a heavy hit. It's up. It's not up. You know, that's the first time I played, like, professional. I'm making rugby money. How can I make money outside of it? And there's two Scottish guys, and I said, oh, you're, um, you're here for the movie. That rugby is a game for all shapes and sizes, all cultural um, aspects. He looked at me, and he says, you guys are awesome. Yo, I am so excited, man. Welcome to Rugby Swag Show. My name is Gift Gift Time Bailu. This is a show where we talk about things rugby and then, of course, the people that make break or have made things as a result of this sport. But, man, I want to first let you guys know, I need you guys to follow, all right? I need you guys to go and get on Instagram, get on Facebook, follow here on YouTube. Definitely check us out on Facebook, on X, whatever, because I want you guys to be part of the conversation and make sure that you guys know what is going on when it's going on. And of course, if you're just out here trying to listen to the podcast, you're just trying to make sure you can get yours in, definitely check it out on all major streaming platforms. You subscribe here on YouTube, youtube.com slash gift time rugby. Of course, you can find us on Twitch and on Facebook. Hey, man, this is what that life is all about. But y'all, before we really, really kick in, need to talk about our sponsor for this show, Health Enhanced Foods. All right. Health Enhanced Foods is the number one specialty flower for your dietary needs. Y'all, we got some amazing flowers, especially for people, especially as Thanksgiving is coming up. We got flowers that need to be held. People got to eat bread without worrying about blowing up their stomach. And, you know, you got your cranberry, you got your pumpkin pies, you got your pecan pie crust, you know, you have your breads that you use, you got your stuffing. All that can be done and done well with health enhanced foods from spelt mixes to ketogenic and more. I want to make sure that you guys get it. And of course, if you guys go ahead and go on the site and use promo code rugby swag, you get 10% off your first purchase. And uh, uh, man, it, it'll be absolutely worth it to make sure. So with that all being said, yo, let's get into our first subject for the day. And that is our rugby world cup recaps. All right, man, I got to throw that music on because this is what it's going to be absolutely all about here. All right, let's go. So we had an amazing, <laughs> was an amazing pool play. Of course, we have to go back and check out what we had chosen versus what we had thought was going to actually happen. And uh, that's going to make all the difference here. So first and foremost, we had our first game, New Zealand versus Uruguay. Now, New Zealand uh, Uruguay was one that I, I don't think anybody had any, you know, assumptions about this game. It wasn't 
good game whatsoever. But she didn't realize how much it was. Score ended up being 73 to 0 in this one. Again, not even a surprise. You know, basically got it right. Next one, we had France versus Italy. Now, I thought this was going to be a multiple game because of the fact that you had French team that was coming off the collard. Uh, you know, Italy obviously got it, but whooped. Absolutely mollywhopped the entire time. And I thought that it would come a little bit harder. So, you know, I thought it would be well, this game, but, you know, Italy would probably catch something at the back end. Nah. Italy took these hands 60-7 to seven against France. Uh, not a close game. Uh, a lot of questions about Italy, but uh, I, honestly, I, I don't actually still feel like Italy is that bad of a team. Uh, I think they are legitimately the bottom of Tier 1, uh, but they're still better than Tier 2 teams, especially within their own region. So it, it's a little weird diatribe to be able to go on, but hey, you know, it is what it is with that. Next, we had Wales versus Georgia. Now, I thought that this was going to be an absolute blowout. Um, you know, I really felt like Wales was has been offensive juggernaut this entire game. I think the only one that they really had kind of slow down was against... Uh, Fiji, obviously, but uh, for the most part, you know, Wales is a top dog. Great, 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 great uh, backs uh, there, obviously led by a great leader. And the score wasn't that far off. The score ended up being 43-19. I was off by two points by Georgia. Again, Georgia's a team that, uh, you know, they, they, they're out here. I don't think that they're actually that good. I, I thought, to be honest with you, I thought they were going to be better in this Rugby World Cup than they were. But, you know, it is what it is sometimes, and that's that's the way the cookie crumbled. But Wales absolutely taking it, obviously moving on to the finals, into the quarterfinals. Now, this game, England versus Samoa. Now, Samoa was a team here that I, I had not been that impressed with the way they played. I mean, their really best game had been against Chile, and then I, I didn't know whether the game against Argentina was Argentina playing down because Argentina didn't look good off rip. Or was this just England getting ready to, you know, you know, show out and actually like break open the bank and really do something? Because they've been, in my opinion, they were a surprise. They were, they were genuinely surprised to me. I didn't think they were going to end up being as good as they were. But so I thought England was going to take this. Their kicking game was good. Owen, Owen Farrell is back. Uh, they got Ford at 10, Owen at 12. This is going to be it. So I looked at this as going to be a 65-25 game. Like, why, why wouldn't I? No. Man, let me tell you, all right, let me tell you that I 100% in my heart will always believe Salmoa won this game. All right, England did not win this in my opinion. I don't care what the rules said. Final score was 18 to 17. But, man, we're, let, let's, let's talk about the fact that they made the call after the conversion was kicked. I know the rules changed, but it's a stupid rule. It is a stupid rule. It is an it's an irresponsible rule. And not only did it impact Samoa for that score, but then they scored again and still weren't able to get. I mean, I, they were like technically out, but I felt like you should have just given it to them for the fact that you you didn't get the conversion right, uh, uh, timing right. Like there's some guy secretly running in with hidden footage to make you think that this is going to be the game uh, a changer. Like you didn't have it before. Like it's irresponsible to that extent but this one was one England just did not play well 
They did not play well at all. Samoa, shout out to them. They finally played the game that we believed that they were going to play at the beginning, at the end. It's unfortunate that it lasted to the last second. Next up, Ireland-Scotland. Now, this was a game that I thought was going to be the close. We know what were the, rim, the, the, the possible uh, uh, options that were going to literally come out from this Ireland versus Scotland game, all right? Um, you know, if, if Scotland had won by 21, Scotland in, Ireland out. You know, if Scotland had gotten 21-plus bonus points, Ireland out, Scotland in, as I said. So I thought this was going to be a close one. You know, Ireland played, you know, South Africa close. I didn't think they've been challenged. And honestly, I didn't really know how I felt about uh, Ireland the entire time. But, you know, Ireland shut me up. I thought it was going to be a 20-17 to 17 game. Man, 36-14, and that 14 wasn't as close as it looked. Ireland was up like 21-0 within the first 20 minutes of the game. Like, Ireland completely shut down Scotland in this game. Like, it was cruel, the amount of shutdown that Scott Ireland did on Scotland. Like, I feel like this is the start of another war, all right? This was some old-school UK Mel Gibson-esque beatdown, even though I know that was against the English, but, you know. You know, it is what it is. But, man, Ireland moves on. Uh, not much to say on this one. Japan, Argentina. All right. I This was a close one for Pool A. And I I really have not had the highest uh, regard for Argentina. Uh, I think Michael Shecky has been uh, – had made Argentina underperform in their, in their coaching. Uh, Japan, on the other hand, I thought they were a lot scrappier. I thought they were more fluid over the course of this uh, pool play than Argentina was. And I was looking for them to take the next step, get a second quarterfinals uh, placement, and continue to push their their um, their set as being another Tier 1 team, probably being within that lower end of the Tier 1 as opposed to the top end of a Tier 2. I think they technically got switched over, but, yo... I, I did think this was going to be close because neither team is particularly that strong. But, you know, 15-10 was what I initially predicted. And, man, when I tell you that Argentina really turned it up in the second half. Uh, this, I mean, Japan was always chasing this entire game. Final score was 39-27 Argentina. Um, and, and Argentina looked like they just had the firepower. Like, it was almost like they were finally, like, gathering up the people that they were supposed to have. And they were like, oh, you know what? Maybe maybe we should be playing, like, that rugby championship team that played against Australia, you know, a few weeks back, like, a, like a couple months ago. And uh, let's actually, like, play like we're supposed to. And they did. They did. Like, they didn't dominate hard, but they kept Japan out of bay each time. It was always just, like, score two steps forward, one step back for Japan. Two steps forward, one step back. And you do that enough times, honestly, it's going to end up being what, what you end up seeing. So, uh, yeah, big shout out, you know, Argentina moving on. Tonga, Romania. Uh, honestly, this was a mean nothing game. Uh, you know, this was bottom of the bunch. You know, I, I call them the battle of the bottoms. Ain't no shit about it. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like Tonga is definitely a better team. Romania, obviously, I, I give them credit for, you know, making it to it. But, you know, I didn't think... They were going to really do much. Tonga is a team of heart. Not a good Tier 2 team, but they're going to beat another bad Tier tier team. So I thought it was going to be 25-10, probably early scoring for Romania, and then Tonga would just take it away. But no. Yo, these guys really went at it. Tonga won 45-24. Sh- 
Romania, great showing. First time in the Rugby World Cup. I hope that they change the rules so that a team like this doesn't get in like that because they were they were outmatched and over over their heads in in everything they do. Uh, Tonga, I'm glad that they finally got a good solid win. I I, I can't I'm not going to call them a disappointment because I don't think they were very there was any expectations for them to begin with. But um, you know it's oh, you got to shout out for the islands, man. I, I love whenever they can get theirs uh, and and made it work. So. End of the Tonga, Romania, no auto qualifiers. Uh, Fiji, Portugal. All right. This was the last game from this past week. And, you know, we'd been watching Fiji. Fiji just did a whole struggle against Georgia, right? Whole struggle against Georgia. But nobody, nobody was expecting them to be like, oh, man, you know, we're going to continue that. It was like, yo, you got the Wahoo. This reminded me, ironically, of 2002. New Orleans Saints whenever they had a chance to make the playoffs and they had to go through the three worst teams in the league Fiji literally had to go through the two worst teams and just butt smack them uh, uh, <laughs> to get to the next round with with ease and even a possibility of maybe even jump well they weren't going to jump Wales because they got the head to head but at least to be able to show like you coming in with strength what a disappointing game in that factor Fiji loses this game 24 to 23. Now, I know there's a lot of praise that goes to Portugal for this. Hey, you know, Portugal played a good game. They should be considered to be part of the uh, Six Nations, you know, along with Georgia. And and they did play a good game, but I'm sorry. I think Fiji did a terrible job at being favorites, and I don't think that they know how to be favorites. Now, that being said, there was talks. Uh, I, I read a little thing on X that uh, they talked about the players starting to get um, traveler's fatigue. So basically, you know, you're being a long distance away from home. Uh, you know, Fiji is from Paris is a solid, what, almost six hours away, six, five, six hours away from maybe eight from, from Fiji. So with a call from home, they've been in hotels for months, just traveling. This is a country that everybody's super, super close. You're, you know, you're stuck in the same place. No real relief. No real uh, 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 expert. So the wear down kicks in, and you could say, yeah, it happens to everybody. But you know, BG 15s. This is amongst the first time in almost a decade that they've been in the quarterfinals. I think 2007 was the last time that they were in the quarter. That they were they were significant players at least to make the quarterfinals. Um, and and what 2011 was the last time that they actually made uh, the Rugby World Cup. So to kind of see them wear down, I get it. But you got to be up for this, all right? You, you you came here to play, all right? This is game time. And again, there's been arguments because obviously a lot of them are professional overseas, so I don't know how good that excuse is. But this result was ridiculous. This, this was ridiculous. I mean, Fiji, thankfully, was able to get the quarterfinals points and be able to go on and get just the one point they needed to keep over Australia on the head-to-head, but like this was this was just this this was angering to me because I consider Fiji to be a low tier one team when they're allowed to bring in all their players because in the past they haven't been able to. They whoever you know gets stuck in the country that they're professional for, they have to choose between being able to be professional, being able to play for the country that they're living in, or play for Fiji, but they couldn't do both, or they couldn't they had to choose one and it was permanent. But now that they were able to go back, like I feel like this was 
a much better option. So I consider Fiji to be a tier one team. And they didn't play like a tier one team. They played like a strong, a solid tier two team. And, you know, Portugal's got talent, but man, it's still Portugal. Like, yo, you tied Georgia. You tied the U.S. You t- you barely made it through the, the repache to get to it. Like, your first time entrance, they're solid, but they're not this good. So... I, I, I was I was disappointed with this whole this whole performance. There was nothing redeeming about it for me, but you know, big congrats. Obviously, Portugal, Georgia are now exited out. In Australia, Fiji and Wales moved on, but man, we'll we'll, we'll talk about that more later. But that, it, it just I, I was I was I was heated during that whole game. I was I was so heated, like just just disappointed. We believed in you, all right, Fiji. We believed in you. <laughs> oh. All right, and that's it. That's what we got for the recaps from this past week. All right, let me know what you guys think. And of course, of course, look, this is not live because I just like to hear myself talk. I want you to interact, all right? If you can, hit the comment. We'll talk about it. Let me know what your thoughts were. If you're listening on the pod, definitely hit us up on social media, Instagram, at Rugby Swag, uh, X at Gift Time Rugby, Facebook at Gift Time Rugby. Um or, you know, X at Gift a Uh, either or they can all work together. And of course, the comments on YouTube, please let it be known. We'll talk about it on the next show. But yo, if you guys want to hit the live, throw a comment up and I will get to you when I as soon as I can. All right. So um before we get on to the next thing, yo, let me hit you with another break. And we'll be right back with some more uh, rugby news. Hey everybody, this is just the break transiting out a personal little video diary to all you people out there, where I am going to document me riding most of the way between Singapore and Tokyo for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. I needed help, and it came from Louisiana. We in Singapore, baby! Gift from Gift Time Rugby USA is a extroverted tour de force. But what unites us is a hunger for adventure. After KL, Kuala Lumpur. Gift, where are we? We're in Fiji, baby! Our love of Asian rugby culture. One, two, three, Rugby is starting to develop here in Cambodia for women as well. Valkyries, the mighty, mighty Valkyries. We're out here, we're running out of energy, we're running out of money, and we're feeling isolated. And yet at that critical moment, friends, family, sometimes complete strangers, come on board. Before you know it, we're back in the game. Tokyo, here we come. Malaysia. Thailand, Cambodia, Vietnam. Watch the full adventure at crugby.vhx.tv. That's C like S-E-E rugby.vhx.tv. Yo, welcome, welcome back. Yo, we got some U.S. rugby news coming up. And I don't know if you guys know, this is a little bit of actually rugby world news as well, too. But we got the WXV tournament that is kicking off this week. 
All right. USA is going to be down in Cape Town. And I just let's let's break this thing down a little bit. So luckily, luckily, I'm going to give them credit. I'm allowed them to be able to talk about this versus me because uh, I'm still fully understanding what the WXV tournament is. But I'm going to let them go do their thing. And uh, uh, let's let's let them uh, explain it before we do. It's all change in women's elite rugby, a new calendar a new competition, a revolution in the global game. This is WXV. For the first time, a unified 15s calendar will transform the international stage. Every match will count. A stronger, more compelling platform for players, fans, broadcasters and stakeholders. The World Rugby calendar will be made up with two windows. Regional competitions must be completed by the end of July ahead of the three-level WXV format that will take place in a four-week period across October and November. Regional competitions will be the only way to qualify for the global phase. What's more, WXV will provide a pathway to Rugby World Cup 2025 with at least the six top-ranked non-qualified teams at the end of WXV 2024 qualifying for the tournament. Let's have a look at who's qualified for each of the inaugural WXV format. WXV1 is a cross-pool format which will take place across New Zealand, kicking off in Wellington before heading to Dunedin and then Auckland. There'll be no promotion or relegation for the regional allocations for the first two years. The top three teams from the women's six nations, England, France and Wales, are joined by the top three teams from the World Rugby Pacific Four Series, New Zealand, Canada and Australia. On to WXV2, which will take place in Cape Town, South Africa. This will be made up of two teams from Europe, Scotland and Italy. One from Oceania, Samoa, Asia, Japan and Africa, which will be South Africa, plus the fourth place team in the World Rugby Pacific Four Series, USA. Crucially, at the end of the tournament, whichever regional position finishes bottom will be relegated to level three. WXV3 will take place in Dubai and is also played as a cross-pool format made up of six teams. Two from Europe, Spain and Ireland. One from Asia, Kazakhstan, Oceania, Fiji, Africa, Kenya and South America, Colombia. The winning regional position will be promoted to WXV2, while the fate of the bottom regional position will be decided by a playoff in 2024. So there you have it, all the teams qualified for WXV 2023. For the first time in rugby's history, a new revolutionary women's 15s calendar will align regional and global activities to provide bigger, better and bolder competition than ever before. All right, so got it. And and this, you know, honestly, this is not the worst idea in the world, especially whenever the idea is about trying to develop the game. We've seen world rugby trying to do a lot of small shifts, not small, I'm lying. They've been big shifts, but a lot of big shifts that have been going on uh, to try and establish, I think, some consistency. You know, uh, the move to be able to get rugby pass purchased back in 22 and now shifting it to rugby pass TV. Now the WXV, I think, is going to be the first major competition that they've done that's going to take it over and, and be able to get caught completely on uh, rugby pass.tv. Uh, rugby pass TV dot 
.com or .rugby, whatever the hell it is. You know, it's one of those. The other kicker of this is that it feels like it's a test format for that uh, all-world um, content that they want to do for the men's side that there's been so much controversy leading into the Rugby World Cup. But we're going to talk about WXV because this one is set up to be a preliminary for the 2025 Rugby World Cup um, uh, for, for then. Now, I, I, I do like the idea that they have for this one and, and these multiple tiers. Uh, the interesting obvious part being like tier one, uh, you know, is basically made up of um, basically 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 <laughs> made up of uh, the six teams that are um, that are part of the women's six nation uh, top three teams from the cross region from the basically Pacific four from the, that includes USA, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, and then. Um, and yeah, and there we, we have that to make that first six for that first tier one. Again, a good concept. All right. And then the tier two, uh, same concept, but bringing in Asia and Latin America. And then the tier three basically is um, tier three is, again, another version with two teams from Europe, one from Asia, one from Oceania, you know, New Zealand, Australia, um, the island for all my American people that don't don't know it like that, um, Africa and then South America. So an opportunity to be able to get everybody some playtime because I think we really learned after COVID how little playtime has actually been happening and how much we know that already makes hurt development. But even more so, the ability to be able to create awareness and recognition is really built on the fact that most of these stories, these games – need to be the end story and if you don't have anything to do and these teams aren't getting the top competition they need to warm up and get it in it's it ultimately becomes difficult to be able to build up your team and build up interest like you need to see it to do it now i i got a whole slew of issues that go with world rugby when it comes to being able to build up a story leading into a match but you know we'll, we'll let that we'll let that happen we'll talk about that again that's a that's a side subject all right i want to keep it focused on wxv so this next two years, they claim. So we're, we're talking about four-year cycle, four seasons leading into the Rugby World Cup. First two is not going to be any regulate regulation for the Tier 1 of WXV, which initially, whenever I saw that, I was like, that's that's whack. Like, you scared that the teams aren't going to be able to come compete? But then I just realized that you're also making it where the Tier 2 teams like, are not going to have to get mollywopped by a bottom tier one team, arguably. At least for a couple of years, let them warm up and actually get competition. But, you know, I, I haven't seen any financials for this. So I, I don't know if there's also that kind of financial game like it would be for, you know, a World Cup or would be for Champions League or anything that comes in that format. If there is, then I think it's even more whack that there's not. But I, I feel like this is one of those I'm hoping – Rug, world rugby is doing this right that they're trying to let um cash prize um build and so that before they have to start doing distribution in terms of like deals and obviously their distributor is going to be rugby pass tv that they're trying to let the advertising and selling of this go first before starting to ship people through that being said 
That being said, uh, WV Tier 2, WV, WXV Tier 3 are all relegation capable, all right? And this is a big deal when it comes to the U.S., all right? So right now, the U.S. in WXV in... Man, I hate saying WXV. Women's 15, all right? We're going to just call it women's 15. Right? WXV is too many syllables, all right? In WA, women's 15s, we got Scotland, Italy, um, Scotland, Italy, uh, Samoa, uh, Japan, South Africa, and the U.S. that are competing. The U.S. is going to be taking on this, this month, because it's only for the month, is going to be taking on Samoa, Scotland, and Italy. I don't know why Japan's not inside that and just complete the foursome. You know, probably might have to bring somebody in to be able to explain this. But I'm going to give you the best that I can. I'm going to give you the best that I can that I learned, all right? With with that, like, that means that there has to – there's a legit plausible chance that the U.S. could arguably lose and get relegated down to Tier 1. Now, I, I, I Tier 3, I mean. I don't think it's going to happen, okay? I, I don't think it's going to happen. We already played that match last week against Wales as a warm-up match, and uh, that was that was a little unfortunate. But you know, we didn't we didn't get out of that one. But it was good to you know kind of see what where we're at right now. But the fact of the capability of relegating between th- two and three, it's it's such a pride hit, and you have to be the bottom line. I think the assumption that will come from this is that. Um, when it comes to when it comes to the tier, uh, hold on, let me get this set up right. When it comes to tier two, like Italy, Scotland, are at, and Japan are actually pretty legit teams. South Africa has been com- making a slight come up. You know, they did a great job winning Africa. I think they they played a tough game against Kenya. I don't I don't think they actually. I think they beat Kenya, the women beat Kenya. Uh, and then Samoa, I'm still learning a little bit more about Samoa. That is a hit or, hit or miss team. It seems feels almost similar to uh, Fiji women's sevens uh, five years ago where they had their come up, but uh, it took them a couple years to really hit it. But whenever they hit, they were crushing people. I think I don't think you, if you guys remember the last Olympics, they were crushing people. I feel like Samoa is in this. Samoa's ranked 15. They're the lowest ranked team in this tier two. And then, of course, for tier three, you know, you got Spain, Ireland, uh, Kazakhstan, which is a nice little shocker, Fiji, Kenya, and Colombia. All right. Out of those, I think Ireland is the only one that I think would be able to come up into relegation. But it means who's going down. And then they talk about the, the playoff for uh, the bottom of uh, women's 15s tier three. Uh, so it's 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 a really interesting format that they're trying to be able to push to be able to create this uh, world league that will allow us to have almost like a playoff leading into the Rugby World Cup 2025, uh, which I think is better than what we've been using to this point, because you know, you know what they say. We it, it's it's not what you think the rankings are, it's what it gets played on the field. So to have this, it goes. But you know, I I I have fear. So it goes into now we got USA women down in Cape Town, which is where the tier two uh is going to be played at, and kicking off against Samoa on Saturday, uh October 
what is it? October. October 15th, you know, uh, Samoa again is the lowest ranked team. I think we, we have an experienced USA women's roster, uh, that, uh, has been there, but hasn't, you know, hasn't, hasn't played good. I think I used a stat last week that of over the course of the last five years and mind you, we've played some tough teams, but over the course of the last five years, we've won four games. Uh, and that's four out of uh, 19 games, which also is not a whole lot of games to be played. So obviously the COVID year was a huge detractant, but um, it hasn't really picked up very, very well. Um, but I think, like I said, I think we got a solid uh, team. None of the sevens, women's sevens players are going to be on it. So that does make me a little bit worried on it in terms of our back end speed. Hold on. Let's let, let 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 me pull up. Let me pull up the the roster for uh the women's side uh this week. And let's And of course, you know, even with the women's side, we got new head coach that's also there as well. Um, so it's 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 an iffy game. So let's see if we can get this pulled up over, pull this up over. Yeah. All right, so here we go. I'm not super, super versed on the women's side, but I do know uh, some, like, for instance, uh, Bully, uh, Bully, uh, oh, my goodness, why can't you? Why is this not letting me pull this up a little bit better? Okay, well, we get what we can. But I, at 15 and at 13, I think are probably some of our strongest. Kate Zachary and uh, Bully, uh, I forgot how to say her name. I remember her from 7th. Absolute monsters off the edge. Um, you know, we're, we have new forwards. Uh, they've been doing their thing. I think not having people like Alicia Washington and and whatnot on the team, I think, is kind of a big loss because uh, that was some power in our props. But I think we have something, a lot of uh, warm-up, a lot of build-up to be able to work with. Um, and... Yeah, honestly, I, I think this is such a newer team. I feel like we're getting a lot of look to the future because we're in a new Rugby World Cup cycle for the women. And so I, I, I honestly, I don't, I just don't know. So I, like I said, I, I got to bring some experts in to be able to help, um, you know, 
bolster this thing up a bit. But, you know, I'm I'm interested to see how we do against the Samoan team. We should. We're ranked seventh uh, in the world. Uh, Samoa's 15th. We should have the overall. We've played good, tough games against Australia. Uh, didn't do so great against New Zealand. Not as great against Canada. But I we, we, we've shown something. So it, I, I feel like, honestly, we should end up topping this or at least coming in, in the top two for women's tier two if all things go correctly. Um, everybody's in Cape Town. Everybody's consistent. Solid four weeks of play. You get the rest time, get the practice time. Like, it should go. It should go. I, I would have absolute shocks if it did not go. But, uh, again, this is this is such a new format. Um, but uh, it's probably not the format. But it's new coaching, new players, like new generation of women's 15s. And that actually makes me both excited and also incredibly nervous to see what's going to end up being for that. But let me know what your guys' thoughts are. Again, you know, I'm all about bringing it into the comments. Yo, we trying to figure out what is going to be what. Like this new format, do you guys like it? Do you guys, what is, do you think that it's something that can be translated into other formats? Because this also trying to figure out what the determination of test rugby versus professional rugby versus club rugby versus <coughs> amateur club rugby. I mean, it, it, it creates a whole new mix when it comes to the play calendar, but I'm all about shaking stuff up. And as long as it goes towards the right direction, and as we all know, rugby needs a lot, a lot of the right direction happening with it. So let me know your guys' thoughts when it comes to that. Um, and uh, yeah, take it from there. Next up. All right. Yo, HBCU Rugby News. Now, I know you guys know, if you don't know, I'm an HBCU rugby fan, HBCU aficionado. Like this is HBCU rugby. Like that's that's my bread and butter. You know, I'm about watching that develop for a multitude of reasons. And in that, it also means being able to say who's going on and who's not. Um, and what's what's keeping up with going on. So first and foremost, uh, I want to talk about uh games that are happening this weekend. We got Prairie View AM taking on Trinity University of San Antonio. And then we got Howard University women playing York College of Pennsylvania for their first NCR divisional match. Last week, they put a molly whopping on University. No, I'm sorry, not last week, two weeks ago. They, Howard women put a molly whopping on University of North Carolina D1 team. And the week and two weeks ago, Prairie View AM put a molly whopping on Stephen S. Stephen F. Austin uh, University uh, in both really one-sided 40-plus games. I think uh, Howard was 50-something, um, and Prairie View A&M was 40-something. Both of these teams are looking at another – I'm looking to expect them to have another big one like that. Like um, uh, Trinity University is a small, small college in San Antonio um, – I consider this warm-ups for the spring itself. Because, you know, when you're living in the South, it's football season. So most of our 15th season doesn't really kick off until you get into the springtime, wherever there's space and it's warm. But, of course, that also clashes with the USA 7s time or whatever like that. So, I mean, that's 
that's that. I look at Prairie View AM and for them to go ahead and just probably run through this team. It's a strong, competitive uh, Prairie View AM team. I always say go support. You guys can check out more stuff about them at HBCURugbyClassic.com um, and as well as Howard University. Uh, we'll link to, we have links to where their actual websites are so to make it easier. Prairie View AM should be able to run through. Howard University, look, they're beginning their NC, uh, they're beginning their CRR, CRAA run. Um, and uh, yeah, your college of PA, ironically, just last week, uh, two weeks ago, Howard University men went to Pennsylvania and played York College of Pennsylvania and absolutely ran through them. So I would look for the women to absolutely do the same thing as well. Uh, look for um, Cam Holiday for Howard University women. Beast of a player. I expect the Eagles to be looking for that young lady uh, in the next year or so if she wants to play for that next level because she is fast, big, strong, and talented. All right? Absolutely talented. I, I can demarcate that because of watching her from the HBCU Rugby Classic. Uh, Prairie View A&M led by alumni Mike Toussaint, uh, led by Captain Craig Dawson, they have been uh, a, a legitimate fo competitive force within that lower Texas region, Division II region. And I look for them to continue to keep building up. But I want to keep you guys in the know. Uh, honestly, we don't have any broadcasts, but definitely you guys can go and check out our updates. Like I said, at HBCRugbyClassic.com to know what's going on. But always want to keep it in the know. Always want to keep it in the know. All right. All right. So... Before we move on to our next uh, our next subject, I want to bring you guys in on another sponsor for the show today, and that is Green Geeks. Now, I don't know if you guys know much about web hosting, but I'm a strong believer that if you are trying to create a business or you're trying to uh, put together a project, that it is absolutely important that you own your space. You got to own your space. Because if you're not owning your own space, you have your, your time, your projects, your creations at the hand of others. And that's what I feel like social media is. Your billboard is a place where you need to show off stuff, but make sure you have your home. And Green Geeks is there to be able to make sure to help you out with that. Uh, Green Geeks is the environmental-friendly, cost-effective uh, web host that I use for all my sites based off the... Uh, foundational platform of WordPress. You can make your e-commerce store. You can sell. You can put your projects together, make your website. It works for everything, all customizable. And what helps the most is that they have 24-7 customer service. So if you need help, something's broke, something's missing in your process, they're there to help you. I know I've had to use them so many times, so many times. And my sites have been able to maintain and keep up. And on top of that, they give you so much space. They just want you to cook, all right? Russell Wilson might not be able to do it with the Broncos, but you can do it with WordPress. And for you to get your next, your best offer of just less than $5 a month to hold up this server, hit the links in the description below. It's going to be inside the podcast description, YouTube description. Uh, you and, and go check out Green Geeks. It helps the show out. Uh, and of course, it helps you out so that you can be the best you and make sure that nobody takes away what you have.
All right. So lastly, lastly on the show, I want to make sure that we go over the most important thing that came out of this tournament. And that is, my goodness, it's time for the knockout stage and knockout stage prediction. Let's let's talk. Let's talk some rugby knockout stage. All right. Get this up. We gotta get we gotta get the music going. Gotta get the music going. Stages. We are all fully set with everything that we uh, uh, have for the uh, uh, <laughs> for the quarterfinal. There is no question about it whatsoever. So, just kick it off. We know. So it ends up now. We have Wales taking on Argentina for the first bracket of the quarterfinals. Ireland taking on New Zealand, England taking on Fiji, and France taking on South Africa. All right. All of it. I think the only one that we I didn't get correct was Argentina, Japan. I thought Japan was going to be into the quarterfinals, to take on Wales, Argentina, getting it at the last second as we talked about in the recap. And uh, here we are. Now, I want to talk about some of these predictions that we have going on. Because I think a lot of people have been very hit or miss about the pool stage. I know World Rugby tried to send some BS messaging talking about, man, this was one of the most watched pool stages when the reality is it, it probably wasn't. It was probably with some specific games that were really well taken, but the number of blowouts that happened did not make for a very interesting one. But we're in the quarterfinals, and I expect to see the viewerships go up. So before we get so as we get started, let's talk about first game up. Uh, Wales versus Argentina. Wales, I said, ended up coming out winning Pool C. Um, and they have been offensively spectacular. All right. And I speak Alexi's volumes because I always say their rugby union is crumbling around them and they are still staying strong to what they are trying to do. I, I, it, it's, it's hard to be able to take anything from it outside of they have they have juice right now. Argentina, on the other hand, Argentina, I think, came into this with a lot of high expectations after they destroyed Australia in the rugby championships. Um, and then kind of looked at them as a dark horse. Uh, Argentina has been popping within seven. We've seen them pop here and there within 15s in the past. Strong forwards, quick backs. Um, it, it, it's a solid program. But with that game against England, I think just took us out almost immediately in what they could do. Um, we, we didn't have the highest expectations. And then when they went up against Samoa, it became kind of like, who are they? They ended up winning that game, but it was way closer. And I think, uh, again, we were like, Samoa has been more disappointing than Argentina has been good. Then you had... Argentina versus Chile and of course that was a blowout game. Chile just, you know, first time in the Rugby World Cup. Even though they're neighbors, Argentina is king of South America right now. You know, Uruguay might make that push in the future but Argentina is king of South America and uh, absolutely demolished Chile. And then you had Japan versus Argentina. And this was the game that I think was a lot more pivotal 
uh, in my determination of what I wanted to do with um, what I believe Argentina is capable. Uh, Michael Shika, who used to coach for Australia, um, he's coaching for Argentina in this one. Like I said, it hasn't been the greatest, but what they did against Japan and the resilience and being able to find the holes in Japan's defense and just being able to uh, keep Japan off their off their t- toes and add to that a spectacular kicking game. Uh, Argentina's far more formidable than I expected them to be. That being said, uh, this goes back to almost like what we saw with France versus uh, France versus Italy, New Zealand versus Italy. Wales, I think, is just a far superior team. And it's so funny because we know that this quarterfinals is the first time that Northern Hemisphere teams have all gotten the finals for the, uh, gotten the first spot for the quarterfinals. And in this, I think there's going to be continuing the trend. Northern teams actually really kicking ass right now. I look at this game and I expected this to be 35-15 game. Um, Wales moving on into the semifinals. Argentina, I think, will play a strong game early, but I don't think they're going to be able to keep up. I think Wales just has too many weapons, too many weapons on their side to be able to uh, uh, fall back. And I think they got the, the 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 charge of a nation behind them, trying to get ready to uh, do what they need to do. Like, yo, it's tough out here in these streets, bro. Next up, we got Ireland versus New Zealand. This this match is everything because it's almost like looking at the future and the past. The last time I think we saw New Zealand and Ireland play was in the U.S. in Chicago. Uh, what was this? 2016? 2017? 2016 and 2017 or 2016 and 2018? And Ireland got the best of New Zealand. And I think this was the beginning of the rise of the empire of the Irish on this one. And Ireland has absolutely dominated. I said a long time, I said earlier, I didn't know what Ireland was, especially after they played South Africa. I don't think that they're necessarily better than South Africa, but they played a better game than South Africa and that's competition. Sexton, absolutely killing it the kicking. The Substitutions absolutely demolishing. The depth that Ireland has has been remarkable. Who they've added in has been remarkable. Um, you know, it, you know, Ireland is an island team with an Irish accent. In some <laughs> yo, I'm serious, yo. An Irish team with a, an island team with an Irish accent right there. But they have been absolutely dominant. Now, New Zealand, on the other hand, obviously against France, anything anything could have happened. But New Zealand obviously did not keep it up against France, and France was able to kill it in the second half of the second half of the second half of the game. Uh, from that point on, New Zealand basically has been wiping out everybody on, in the full play. And it's almost like they kind of opened themselves up uh, in the back end and just were like, no, we're not going to let this happen. I think the Italy game was really the, the quintessential, like, Oh my! Maybe maybe they're not fully gone yet. You know, maybe they're not they're not all they're not completely out of it yet. That being said, I don't think they're a better coach. Uh, I think Ireland has a better coach. I forgot what his name is, but I think Ireland has a better coach. He has a better plan. Ireland is a stronger team. That is the number two defense in the country in in the world, in my opinion. 
The number two defense in the world is Ireland. And that is a brick wall. Like, if I want to say some of the top physical defenses of my lifetime, it would be the 2000 uh, Baltimore Ravens. It would be the 2011 uh, New Zealand All Blacks. Uh, it would be the 2019 South Africa, um, 2019 South Africa uh, Rugby World Cup champ. And it would be the this year's 2023 Irish defense. No, I guess because I say number two. It'd be... Maybe they are number one. I'll give them number one defense. Number one defense. Okay, I'll, I'll give it over. But I'll give 2023 Irish defense because I need to prove my point. All right, like they are a wall, a legit wall. If you can't kick, you ain't doing much. And I think this is one where New Zealand historically, obviously, has been great. But I, even still, outside of 2011 and 2015. New Zealand actually has been very underperforming in Rugby World Cups, and I think this is going to continue that trend. Um, I do believe this is going to be a close game. I look at Ireland to be able to move on and get this 50-48. to 48. This is going to be an incredibly close game. I know I said top defense, but these are also two top scoring offenses, and I think they're going to be doing some real damage to, to each other on it. I think this is a high-scoring game, 50-48, to 48. Ireland moving on. Next up, you got England versus Fiji. This game, I think, is actually probably going to be the hardest game to be able to determine because I don't know what Fiji we're getting, all right? I don't know who we're getting at Fiji. Are we getting Wales, Fiji versus Wales, Fiji versus Australia? They have something to prove. They're fresh. They're coming off with a charge in the back. They got the spirit of Fiji running through their souls. They are trying to show the warrior nation what is up. Or do we get the... Play down to the opponent versus Georgia versus Portugal. Slippery fingers, trying to do too much, too many ISO plays, getting to field, not getting back, not keeping up with the players, not passing off. Like, this is the moment where Fiji needs to go up. And you got that Union Jack on your flag, all right? You gotta, you have a responsibility to show England that you guys have to dominate this one, all right? But at the same time, while people have said that England has greatly underperformed in their pool, England has still come out on top, and they went 4-0, 3-1 by my schedule, but they went 4-0 in, in, in pool play. All right? They came out top, struggled against Samoa, struggled against Argentina, but they came out on top, and a lot of that has to do with the kicking. But that was before Owen Farrell came in, and if you watched last week's game when they were playing up against Samoa, Farrell literally, literally let a conversion delay happen. So they didn't have – how do you let 30 seconds run off the clock? You should know better than that. It shouldn't take you that long to get prepped. And that's the England team that nobody knows could happen. And I think Fiji can take advantage. Fiji definitely has the size. Fiji definitely has the speed. Fiji definitely has – the content, but I'm hoping that the shame of losing to Portugal also adds fuel to the exhaustion of being in Paris for all these months. And I am looking at Fiji to take this game 20 to 15, a close game, because in fact, Fiji has not let anybody get more than 20 points on them this entire tournament, this entire pool play. Yeah. 
No, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Up until Portugal. Up until Portugal. They hadn't let anybody get more than 15 points, more than 20 points on them. Um, and I look at Fiji to be able to gut this because now they're playing as the underdog. And I think Fiji is a team that needs to feel hungry to beat. They need to prove something, not know that they can do it. If they know they can do it, they're not going to play well. And so, yeah, Fiji, I have moving on into the semifinal. And lastly, we got France versus South Africa. This is the game. I think this is almost as quintessential a game as the Ireland versus um, New Zealand game. Because while these two haven't played, these are two of, I would argue, the most talented teams. They have the most talent from top to bottom than any other team in the league. But they also have a propensity to uh, underperform in key moments. South Africa, for example. South Africa had a chance to be able to beat Ireland. But what was the biggest issue? Their lack of kicking. Now, they have Pollard back, who was their primary kicker and it was has been key to being able to make the conversion from whatever point in position that they are. And I think that one is going to make a huge difference for a team like South Africa. On the flip side of it, you have France, who, you know, if you guys remember their captain, DuPont, got knocked out of the game, broke a jaw from uh, Namibia head, you know, that strong German-African head, uh, cracked down on some French. And he was out for a game or two, but it looks like they're putting the mask on him like he's, uh, like he's Phantom of the Opera. Uh, look for him to be uh, back into play. And that's a huge leadership role, especially at a scrummy, uh, because that distribution is going to be so key against what is, now I have to say, the second best defense in the world right now in South Africa, because I had to say Ireland is the best. But this defense is like far none. Like you, they don't let nothing through. And, and they have to go. And what even makes it bigger is what's going to be done offensively. South Africa knows how to cut through, and France is going to really have to not choke for once, all right, when it comes key. They've been doing so well, but again, France in big moments. What happened? France is known as the most talented team, thought up to be number one. What happened? Choke against Ireland in the Six Nations. France is always choking when it matters most, but they have a chance to do this. I don't think they're going to do it, though. I think South Africa is a beast. They're on a different kind of beast mode. They are probably the most reckless hitting and running team in this entire competition. And I look at them to be able to take this game 30 to 27 uh, and moving on to the semifinals, giving us our half and half, uh, 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 um, our, our East versus West, our, I guess a true North versus South competition. Uh, with Wales and Ireland and Fiji and South Africa. I think France, as a home team, should have a good showing, uh, but it's 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 going to be tough. South Africa played with reckless abandon. And so this is where I got for a semifinals, Fiji, South Africa, Wales, Ireland. But, you know, because I, I, I want to give you guys all, and I, I love setting the predictions early, and we'll see what it goes. <coughs> I wanted to keep looking for it. Now, I didn't do score predictions for the rest of this, but I wanted to keep it, keep it, you know, 
at least consistent in my who I think is going to win. First and foremost, Ireland versus Wales. I got Ireland. We already saw it once before. And then for South Africa versus Fiji, South Africa. I think this is the best matchup. Uh, this is the matchup of November 2022. <clears throat> These teams, in the last nine times they've played, uh, it is <clears throat> it is four or five Ireland on the winning scale right now because of uh, the the southern or the the tour that South Africa did going up to to Dublin. But. Man, this is a great rivalry. This would be a better rivalry than New Zealand-South Africa. Uh, and I think this is one where it, it's hard because I would love to see South Africa win and be another repeat and, and represent for uh, all that talent that is, resides with on this team. But on the other hand, if Ireland wins, not only is it going to be the second time ever that a Northern Hemisphere team has won the Rugby World Cup, but it'll be the fifth different team over the course of 37 years that uh, a, I'm sorry, 35 years that uh, a team has played in the Rugby World Cup, which is kind of a damn shame, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I, 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 and I, I really want it, but I got to stick with my gut. Uh, I still think that South Africa is the best team in this, I think they have the best talent, best offense, best defense for the offense. <clears throat> and I look at South Africa to end up getting the win in this game. I don't know what the final score is, but I think it'll be close. And I think this game will be phenomenal. And this is the type of game the Rugby World Cup needs. Um, because, uh, yeah, this is legitimately the two top teams. is the two top teams I, that, that know what they're doing. So let me know what you guys think. Let me know what your thoughts are. Yo, what, what, where do you think this is going to happen? Let me know in the comments. Obviously, keep letting us know uh, uh, wherever you can find us because I want to know where you're coming from with all of this. And honestly, that is all we have for today. Y'all, uh, this is very, very fun for me. Thank you guys for taking the time to listen. You know, we're trying to keep, I'm trying to continue to, you know, build this and, and get this into a position where it's legitimate and fun, bring more people in, um, but more importantly, be able to create that engagement. And if you can't even engage, yo, at least you have something while you're working. You're not having to trip about, you know, being bored. Uh, you know, I know everybody's going back to uh, return to the office nowadays, but, uh, you know, we, we, we can have a little something. All right. You can have a little something to pass your day through. But in the time, y'all, like I said, thank you so much for, for taking the time to pay attention, to listen. Uh, definitely please still support our sponsors. Definitely check out some of our past episodes. We've got some great interviews. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to listen to them, <clears throat> we got more coming up soon. And, uh, of course, still... Check us out on youtube.com slash gift time rugby. Uh, check us out on Twitch at gift time rugby. Um, <clears throat> you can check us out on X on TikTok, um, gift time rugby on Instagram at rugby swag show, though. 
And uh, again, you know, if you haven't subscribed on your podcast platforms, please take the time to. If you have, tell a friend, leave a comment, and uh, just uh, continue to help support as we try and bring more attention and really see if we can make sure we can turn this game back to the greatness that we're supposed to because we are losing too much and it ain't fair. All right. We can't let this next generation uh, lose this greatness that we've had the pleasure of having so in the meantime i want you to know that i hope that you're happy i hope that you are healthy and most importantly i hope that you know that you are highly favored until next time y'all cheers